hell. Didn't I tell you to squeeze? Hmm? Just like when you're milking a goat again. It, it's that I get excited. Well, don't get excited. Now, this time, squeeze. Slowly, but squeeze. Squeeze. Squeeze! I'll tell you what. Don't shoot the gun. Take the gun like this, and you use it like a club. Welcome! This is episode 26 of Cinema Block. I am Deadeye Kyle Smith, and with me is Josh of the Apaches. Wow. Uh, so these festive names match with the content we will be covering today. Uh, we will be talking about the remake of the remake, Magnificent Seven, and also some of our favorite westerns and some other things that have been going on, some trailers and some news that has dropped. So let's start this off. Josh, what did you think of this new Magnificent Seven? I really enjoyed it, Kyle. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to finally see a, a movie that hasn't sucked this summer. Yeah. Um, even though I guess it's done so-so in the box office, but I, I really enjoyed it personally. I thought all the characters were, were developed well and acted correctly. Uh, and yeah, for, for a Western, it's, it was pretty dang good. I, I echo this sentiment exactly. Uh, this summer has been terrible. Yeah. As far as big blockbusters go. And the weather's been awful, too. And, yeah, it's just just the worst. So this, even though it came out in the um, beginning of fall, this had the feeling of a summer movie. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like it's one of the only movies that has delivered on the trailers that it showed you, and it like you got that movie that you saw. Yeah, I think when you compare it to like an old Western, like, I mean, it, it, has, it has the thing, it has certain tropes and certain mm-hmm. uh, aspects that, that, that hold true to old westerns, which is what I liked. But at the same time, you got, like you said, like a, a new blockbuster feel to it. Like there's a there's a lot of action and a lot of it didn't feel bogged and, down kind right. of with it as well. I totally yeah yeah. So it, like you said, it felt like a big. It kept the attention of our kind of millennial, you know, kind of sensibilities. Need, yeah, it's like it wasn't. Bo- it was. I didn't find it boring. At any no, actually, I, on the other hand, it's got a, a little bit over a two-hour runtime, and I was like, "Oh, that went by so fast." Yeah, you know, unlike Independence Day, which was a trailer that was supposed to be fun, or a movie that was supposed to be fun and was not. Yeah, like with that one, I remember looking at the watch and I'd be like, "Oh my god, it's like <laughs> how are we only twenty-five minutes into this?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I thought there's a couple, I mean, it wasn't a perfect movie. Not by any stretch, but but overall it was, was, yeah, still very enjoyable. Yeah. Do you want to talk spoilers now or like, what do you want to get into? Um, no, we'll get it. Um, cast members. Yeah. Cast members I thought were really good. You know, Denzel Washington, I, it was really funny. Like there's an opening scene where Denzel's riding into this town and I had a, we just talked about this Blazing Saddles the other day. Yeah. I had a very Blazing Saddles feel, and I wanted some black sheriff. I, I was for a minute there. I was like, I thought they were gonna pull up a scene from like that and, and call mm-hmm. him the N word or something, which would have been no. awful. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was so, like, <laughs> that's what, so. I was kind of like laughing almost while I was. Well, watching. you know that guy would be the first one dead. Yeah, um, but no, I thought Denzel killed it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been a while since we've seen him kind of shine. Yeah, the last movie that like I remember everyone being like, "Yeah, Denzel was that Book of Eli," which didn't do very well, if I remember right. 
Um, well, you know, that came out at the same time. They always do this. They'll release, like, a movie that's very similar in concept with another movie. Like, mm-hmm. um, The Prestige, they did The Illusionist. Or, like, Deep Impact, you had Armageddon. Right. So, you get these movie pairings from different studios that are very similar. With The Book of Eli, you had The Road with uh, Viggo Mortensen. Right. And they're both pop- post-apocalyptic, kind of, like, going on a journey type thing. So, they were just very similar. Yeah, and... and- What's funny is like there's usually one winner mm-hmm. of the two. It's it's almost like a uh, Blu-ray versus VHS or not VHS, HD <laughs> versus HD. Because um, yeah, because I mean like in the you know like in that case, the road you know there's a big following because that was based on a novel that a lot of people had written mm-hmm. or a lot of people wrote it. No, a lot of people had read. So, but yeah, with this one, like yeah, I like I thought Denzel was really good in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he, uh, he just get, yeah, yeah, well. It, like I was gonna say though, but he Denzel is usually always solid, mm. no matter what he's in. It's just this he got to shine. He got yeah. to you know Chris Pratt too. Like he was born to play a cowboy. Like he's been pretending to do this <laughs> since he was a kid, and he's like, I finally get the chance. Yeah, I do feel like his performance was a little too modern. Mm-hmm. Like there's you know kind of just the way he talked and everything. It was like, are you from are you from Florida, bro? You know, mm-hmm. like or Southern California. Like just in kind of the way his mannerisms, it was a little. It didn't feel like a true West. Yeah, but I didn't feel that it took away from the movie. Like I still, you know, believe that he was a cowboy enough, and like, and the way he he moved around, it was, yeah, it worked, and it worked, and it worked for this movie. And it's how we would understand that, like, um, that archetype of character based mm-hmm. on today's standards. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I, I gotta admit, I mean, I'm a little. I'm, if someone doesn't like Chris Pratt, maybe they that would bother them more. But I really like him mm-hmm. and his acting, and like I think his comedic it's, timing the, is good. Yeah, there's a playfulness and like a sincerity with him. Yeah, and and he has in in the movie he has a uh, this like bromance with uh, Manuel Garcia Ruff, Ruffalo who plays Vasquez, mm-hmm. uh, which is the Spanish guy on the team, and uh, and I thought their their little chemistry was was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think they could have developed a little bit more. But like it was subtle enough where I was like, oh man, that's cool. Like they're, they're that they're slightly racist toward each other, but yet they they get a camaraderie that builds into a friendship. Yeah, when you have um, seven main characters and then the villain and um, the townspeople, it doesn't leave. And plus the action, mm-hmm. it doesn't leave a lot of room for like you get just enough, but you're always wanting more. Right. What did you think of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? I love Vincent D'Onofrio, <laughs> and I've always loved Vincent D'Onofrio. He's one of those, like, really just... Because he's he's not just, like, a big dude. He's, like, a tall dude, too. Mm-hmm. He, I just feel he's always underappreciated. I mean, when he shows up, you love him, but he just doesn't get those, like, starring chances. I mean, he was f- utterly fantastic in, mm-hmm. as um, Kingpin in Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And um, even back in uh, Men in Black... He, you know, yeah, as Edgar, Edgar um, you, you just you're like, that's such a weird and great performance. And he gives another one. He gives this big, huge, burly mountain man and he gives him this voice. It sounds like this. Um, when he first started talking, like I was like, is he out of breath? Yeah, it was kind of weird. But like it was it was a in- cool introduction too, like just the way. Well, he did, and like he, and he basically said no that he wasn't going to join. Yeah, the group. and he, he, t- he takes out those guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, "You all bear witness; these men tried to steal stole my things." <laughs> like, if he had a lisp, it would have been, it would have been too. Like, I just imagine him being like the guy from Family Guy, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'll, "I'll come with you to the to the village. I'll, I'll slaughter those those peoples." <laughs> um, but 
some actors when they try to go like that over the top mm-hmm. end up looking foolish. Right. This is like his wheelhouse, man. This is what yeah. he's meant to do is these big larger than life type characters. Yeah, it's weird. It's like he 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 puts himself into that into that role and like gives it 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you can tell like he's like all in that even if it is out there, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said like Edgar or the guy who played in Full Metal Jacket, uh, you know, just either crazy or dumb or like you know yeah soft spoken it it works it works well for his his character mm-hmm. and then we got ethan hawk as another actor we haven't really seen in a while yeah um yeah he was just in that boyhood movie which i don't know if he won anything for it no no but i mean the i think the movie won what did it win it won a bunch of stuff i don't i don't know if the academy awards yeah but from all i, I didn't see that movie but from everything i i heard like it was kind of a muted performance by him uh, I can't really remember the last thing I really saw that from Ethan Hawke that was like amazing. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I love his early work when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and when as or a young adult, like, you know, I must have watched. Well, even when he was a kid, he was in Dead Poet Society. Yeah, wasn't he in Explorers? He was in Explorers in the Dead Poet Society. He was so in, even um, saying when he was a kid, as, White Fang. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. I, I'm saying like I was just saying not just when he was a kid, but when he like when he first started, like at, early. from you know early adolescence into. You know his twenties or thirties, even like uh, before sunrise. Mm-hmm. You know, great, great movie with Ethan. Do you Hall. know it's a trilogy? I did, yeah. Uh, and actually, I think they added. There's technically, I think four because I want to say that there's one that he's just not w- in with just the girl. With or the is girl, that, it's the girl, and she's married to someone else or something. Like is that is that again. one that's like a similar concept? That, maybe because I, I I don't know if that's an actual or maybe it's like a cousin. I can't remember. I thought they said that that was part. Of, maybe maybe not. Maybe it's just the same director. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that there was three. There was before sunrise, before sunset, and then there's another one where they're like, because and before Is it, it, was it called Two Days in Paris? I, the one that I'm talking about with because yeah. it had Chris Rock was in it. Okay, I think it was Two Days in Paris. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. you're right. I don't think it, you're right. I know I didn't say that. I think it wasn't. But yeah, there was there's another one where they're like married again or mm-hmm. married now and they it's have pretty kids. Good. I ended up. I, ended up I didn't see the the last one. Yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. It's kind of like. Oh, now they're fighting because they've been married for ten years, right? Um, but no, but he, I th- even him, I thought he did a great job too. Like, like uh, he, he, you know, he plays this old like Confederate uh, soldier. There's that's a kind of like a wryness to him. Yeah, but he he basically has this Asian manservants kind of technically. I mean, I guess they're friends, but yeah, well, they they kind of work together. Yeah, like he uses be- people mutually beneficial. He's using people's prejudices to make money, and he knows that that he's not like prejudiced. Right, but they can make more money, you know, by doing this. And right, he know, so they're okay with it. Yeah, um, which by the way, the the um the Asian what's his name? It's uh, Hun Lee. Yeah, well, he was in uh, GI Joe, wasn't he? Like the first GI Joe. I. Don't know. I never saw the GI Joes. No. Oh, no. That was so good. Uh, uh, I'm kind of sick of my favorite toys when I was a kid being mutilated on movies. <laughs> now, uh, Byung Hun Lee. Um, yeah, he's dude, GI, he's like he a, in, like, in all he's the a GI born Joes. action star, man. He was in uh, Terminator Genesis. Oh, I think he was the new T one, not T one thousand, but the yeah, new, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold, hold that, that against him. <laughs> Yeah, he's been. Um, I mean, he's been in quite a few things. Uh, but no, he was he was awesome in this man. I would l- love to see him get some more like action roles. Yeah, uh, the, the the Indian too. I forget his name though. Red Harvest. Yeah, that was. Uh, get it? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, or, like he, I mean, he's he doesn't have a lot of speaking lines, but no. even but when he does, it was really cool and it worked really well. Like you know, the you know, we said that it was this is a remake of the old Magnificent Seven mm-hmm. in in theme really only because there there's well, yeah they a, do have a, a lot of different like none of the characters ba- are the same name. It's a basic setup of a bunch of cowboys need to defend a village or town, right? Or are technically hired, mm-hmm. uh, and this was based off of Seven of Samurai. Which is a 1950s movie, which was inspired from the classic westerns of Hollywood, right? So you see how Full every, circle. everything comes back. Yeah, everything comes back around. Um, and then even the girl uh, in this, uh, Haley Bennett, she's yeah. she's been working a lot lately. She's gonna make that new movie uh, with uh, Emily Blunt, mm-hmm. uh, girl, girl a passenger, on a train. Yeah, girl on a train. Uh, she's just in. She's just in something else too. I thought, uh, but anyway, yeah, she she did she did really. I thought she did a fine job. Uh, it was it was a hit and miss for me. Um, that dress was utterly distracting <laughs> for me. <laughs> Going the sexist route. Well, <laughs> I, sorry. It's, I'm, every time they pan the camera, it was like in angle, and yet you, you have that. And then she had like a sour face. She was yeah. Just, I don't like this. Well, <laughs> and we're, we're talking spoilers and stuff, but like her uh, her husband had gotten shot in the beginning, mm-hmm. so she was bitter. And she was looking, you know, her town sucked because they're all Maybe cowards. Maybe we so. should let them all die. Maybe. There you go. But this is their home. Yeah. And oh, there's gold yeah, in them yeah. hills. So, come on. Um, and what about the the villain? Peter Sarsgaard. He he plays that, like, slimy, oily type villain. Oh, yeah. He, he, he played he it really well. well. I wish there was more villain aspect in this. Yeah, because he is kind of absent. You really only get it in the beginning and at the end. Mm. And then, I mean, I guess... If you wanted to break this into like the three-part structure, you have them recruiting, them training, and then battle sequence. Right. So it just you you wanted that kind of presence maybe a little bit more in the middle than what we got. Yeah, because in in the original one, uh, the the bandits come and they like have a conversation with them, and in this one they don't really have that. It's it's essentially they send they send somebody to go tell them like, hey, we're here and don't come back. And so then he comes, and then it's the final battle, essentially. So yeah, I would have liked a little bit more, but uh, when I saw this with with my wife, she she mentioned, and she brought, I thought it was a good point. But his character, he is a coward, mm-hmm. and he shows that in the way that he kills people and his dealings with everybody. Like he is a coward, and so it it kind of matches that aspect of his character that he wouldn't put himself in the fight and wouldn't be there in the middle because. Because he's too too important for that, but mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I I wanted more of him because like like you said, he was so slimy and so like ugh, like just oozing evil that I would have liked to have seen a little bit more interaction with him. Yeah, he's one of those characters that like you're like ah, I don't like him, but it's not like the Lex Luthor where you like hate the villain because you hate everything about the villain. Mm. More so is like you just don't like this villain because he is a villain, right? Like because he has those slimy features. Yeah, well, I mean, but even in the way he acted, like the, I don't know. I think he, I th- I hated everything about him. Like not his acting, but of course. No, but. that's what I mean. Like you know, you take someone like a Joffrey. You're like, I hate Joffrey. Right. But then you're like, but he is like amazing at being terrible. Right. So it's yeah. similar to Peter Sarsgaard. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, but no, I thought I thought it was good. There's yeah. So I I thought all the I thought all the actors did. A fantastic job. Uh, it was nice for me. I will say this too: seeing him reunite because they did training day together. Yeah, Ethan uh, Hawke and, and, and Anton Fuqua, the director, and Ethan Hawke. So it was good seeing them pairing. And Ethan Hawke and Vincent D'Onofrio 
were in uh, the Newton Boys, which it's not really. A, I think it's technically more of a. It's like a 1920s or 30s right. gangster, but it has kind of like because they're in Texas, a Western flair right. with it. So it was nice seeing all those like dudes hanging out again, getting to you know shoot a movie. I think you'd be like, uh, it looks like they had a black like you can. It's one of those things that I think you feel seeps through the screen. Mm-hmm. Is they were probably having a really fun time just being somewhere west and hanging out and shooting this. Yeah, I th- in the trivia on IMDb, like, like you you mentioned that connection, but there's a lot of different. You know, like you said, Ethan Hawke and Ethan Hawke and Denzel worked on Training Day mm-hmm. uh, uh, with with Antoine Fuqua, who's the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Denzel did the Equalizer with him and. And the girl, uh, Haley Haley Bennett, Bennett was in that. Um, There's a a lot of different connections because I want to say that they, like in the trivia, it looked like almost everybody had worked with somebody else at certain some time. So, yeah, like you said, it looked like it looked like they they meshed well off screen too, and so it worked with their chemistry on screen as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, And another reason, you know, why we go see these movies. Uh, the action was amazing in this. Yeah, very well done. I mean, yeah, because I mean, there's not a ton of action in the beginning because it's all setting up for the end. But the, yeah, like that whole third act is all action, and there are little bits sprinkled in the first two, mm-hmm. two, uh, two acts. But the yeah, the third, third, third set or third, uh, the act, third set piece or third, yeah, act, third yeah. act was all action. And yeah, it was it was big. Which you know, I think you don't see a lot in some of the you don't see that a lot in a western that it's. Because I mean, there was explosions. There's mm-hmm. all all kinds of stuff. Like for you know, like you were kind of talking about, like the Newton Boys for like something like that, where there's more guns that f- fired quickly. Like yeah, the, like Tommy you know, yeah. There's and... a lot more of that, but in a western, I don't think you see it as much. And I thought it was done really well. Like I think it, uh, you know, we were talking about Antoine Fuqua, mm-hmm. who's the director. You know, he'd done Training Day and and he's done action movies before, but I think this is his first take on a western, which I thought he did a really yeah. good job. And, and about little... time too. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And, you know, we don't see a lot of Westerns, which I think it could, you know, I don't know if it's the sensibility of Hollywood right now or. Well, it, it kind of, they kind of did like so many of them mm-hmm. that they ran. Actually, the Magnificent Seven is one of the last ones of the, like the original, you know, when it's during its golden age was kind of like one of its last hurrahs. And then it starts kind of dwindling down. But it, with that third set piece, with how like expansive it was, you never lost track of where everyone was. Right. You kind of had a real good grasp of the town and the sense of everyone's position and where they're working to go to and eventually like meet up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you tell that the directing is good. Yeah. Is because they're all you know you're not like oh where is this why you need these rapid cuts you you lose like focus of where you're at and like position and yeah you did not have that in this now the, i thought that actually i think there was a couple points where it was like whoa like because because mm-hmm. the, the there's a indian on the bad bad guys team mm-hmm. i guess whatever you call and like at one point he's like suddenly in the city and they don't really show him riding in if that i remember or like getting through barricade because they basically have it barricaded off and like all these different things that I don't remember them necessarily showing him getting in. Like, there's a couple times like that, but but like you said, the action was great. I mean, even I'm sure I know it was a stunt though, but like you know, Denzel's character is doing he flips this on like, the horse. Does yeah, does this like side side shooting on the horse and uh, and everything. So, but yeah, the the mix of action and and the comedic elements of it and everything just worked worked really well. As, yeah, you know. the uh, the humor was on point in this. I I laughed multiple times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that I think was crisp, like the just interaction Chris between Pratt. was Chris Pratt and 
enter name. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, yeah, like I said, Chris Pratt and the, the Spanish guy were going at it. There's a couple times where him and Denzel, you know, mentioned something. Even Denzel, like, there's the one part where he, like, I don't think this is intentionally humorous, but when he, like, told the horse to go mm-hmm. and the horse just kind of, like, trotted away. <laughs> For some reason, that made me laugh that, like, when um the horse was that trained, I guess. <laughs> when they when they um uh, meet the Indian mm-hmm. and um he makes him, like, as him joining up, he makes him eat the heart. Mm-hmm. He uh, is like, all right, everyone get their breakfast. I just had mine. Yeah. Like, there's just little, um, you know, lines like that that play really well. And um, uh, I think my favorite, though, as far as, like, the comedic of this movie is when uh, they're at dinner the night before the battle. And the one girl stitches up uh, D'Onofrio's, like, coat and mm-hmm. stuff. And then he's talking about, like, a, a, st- a stitch and a, a, what is he, do you remember what he says? I don't. I remember the scene, but I don't remember exactly. Well, anyways, what the um, Vasquez character has a really, really fun line right then, and uh, I was on the floor laughing. Yeah, I mean, it was. I will say that like the, the it was written well, which I don't think mm-hmm. you don't see a lot, a lot of times. Sometimes for for not maybe not necessarily movies like this, but like I think some of the di- like dialogue has lost a lot of mm-hmm. skill. Lately, I don't know if it's you know, you know, like take Independence Day for example. The dialogue in that was, was awful, dreadful. whereas this movie, the dialogue flowed really well, and you could tell that this was like them talking, mm-hmm. and you know, and playing off one another. Right. I mean, like you said in that scene, like they basically they were making an innuendo that you know D'Onofrio and that lady that sewed up, stitch up his 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 jacket, you know, should get she it, was being get it more on. friendly than right. And you know, like I said, but it was it was written in a way where it was like that's that's how guys would would, would have talked like that, you know. And yeah, and just it, oh there, yeah. That, there was another part like that scene was great in itself. But they're talking about their guns and how they have like names mm-hmm. of like they're all Chris fe- Pratt would yeah, yeah they're all females and they're like this is like Barbara and this is you know Juanita and Vincent Jennifer was like hey, you shouldn't name your guns and then he was like I don't know. And he was like, "All my three guns are named Maria." <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're just they're. You have a like, Maria. Yeah. yeah, that was that was yeah. what I was. Um, but you can tell that just because the characters, even though they're splitting screen time between seven of them, they all felt like th- their own unique individual persons. Yeah, I mean, because what was the like? You know, when we talked about like Civil War mm-hmm. and how everyone had just enough time, I thought this one. Although I don't think it was and as... And those are characters that have been spanning like a franchise. Right. Even though I don't think that all the characters got equal screen time, it was enough for their character. You know, mm-hmm. like Red Harvest, they don't spend a lot of time on him, but but that's because he's also kind of shrouded in mystery. And he's a quiet type. Yeah. I mean, he has maybe two or three lines in it, but it worked well for that character and it and it suited him. Mm-hmm. And so the, I think that's where how you see like good, good writing for a movie. Um and good direction. And I will say that the the only thing that I didn't there's like two things that are we already mentioned like how we, I don't think that what's his name had enough time mm-hmm. and that, that Chris Pratt's was a little bit too modern. The only other thing I didn't like direction wise was at the very end. If you haven't seen the old movies, this is the big big spoiler. Uh, well, you don't have to say who, but right, yeah. So some of the some of the main characters die. And in the other movies, they show like their their graves. You know, in Seven Samurai, they show the four graves, and in uh, the, the Magnificent Seven Fifties in, in the Sixties, they showed the four graves. In this one, I think I almost feel like they forgot to shoot it while they're on site, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because they CGI these this awful looking grave, grave like four graves, and I don't know if like they could, didn't get the time right or if they forgot to shoot it and had to add it in post, but it it put the worst taste in my mouth. Well, you right know, there you at know the what? End. I'll tell you exactly why this is too, because most of this movie is on location mm-hmm. and real practical sets and like fireworks and the whole shebang. So when you get to this. You haven't been seeing a lot of green screen stuff, mm-hmm. and when you see the computer stuff, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, big time. I mean, and like I said, it was. I wish that they hadn't done that because I I was loving it, loving it, loving it, and then right there at the end, it's like why, why, like you just ruined ruined my good meal, you know? <laughs> that was a terrible after the dinner mint. Yeah, it was. It was like you know those like really crappy ones you can get at Chinese food restaurants that aren't mints. They're like. <laughs> weird like fruit candy it was like that it's like i, I really exactly enjoyed my wontons I, I enjoyed my my beef and broccoli and then you're gonna give me this mint that just totally like killed it and now i'm gonna have diarrhea later <laughs> so that's that's the, the big thing that i that that's my big quabble with this movie was just that end scene without that if they hadn't put it in it would have been just fine you could just that's one of those easy fixes though when you watch it yourself you like um just stop <laughs> yeah you're like, oh, the movie ended yeah uh i like the fact that this time around though it was a international team like mm-hmm. you know you have a black guy you had a couple white dudes you have an asian you have a mexican you indian have an guy. indian so there was a diverse culture on their team i thought it was very nice yeah because i think in the in the in the, the middle one the, the original magnificent seven there was a character named, named Chico, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he was necessarily Spanish. And I want to say that he probably was white, but playing like part Spanish or yeah. something like that. And I think even some, I think the main bad guy was supposed to be a Mexican bandit, but he was a white guy. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, one of the other things I was reading is like, this is the first time that in, in this, that all the characters matched the, the character they were supposed to be playing. Like the one guy was an actual Chinese mm-hmm. dude. The, the the Indian guy was an Indian guy. Now, because I watched, I was. Are you, were you done? Yeah. Okay. Um, when I watched the original one, I saw this like probably like twenty, maybe twenty, like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this with my grandpa, and it was a movie oh. that I enjoyed. But it's like maybe I'd seen a couple scenes here and there throughout the future. I remember the story, uh, but it never was a like standard of something that shouldn't be remade, like Ben Hur. Right. Uh, so this getting like uh, an updated like view was totally okay. It's yeah, I think you know I rewatched it for the show, mm-hmm. and I was working on watching rewatching Seven Samurai which until I you realized it's four hours. It's long. three hours and twenty six minutes. It was r- crazy. So I'm like halfway through that, but uh, yeah, when I rewatched, is it as good? Wait, by the way, is it as good as you remember? Seven Samurai? Yeah. Or have you seen it before? Uh, yes. Yeah, like I said, I saw it like probably when I was 16, so mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I'm enjoying Seven Samurai more than the original Magnificent Seven. Because mm-hmm. the Magnificent Seven, they kind of just throw it, throw well, things yeah, together really. I mean, it's, you know, it's the 50s, or I mean. 60s. 60s when they, when they made that. And just kind of like. And it's kind of meant to, I think, be more disposable, where Seven mm-hmm. Samurai was, kind of has this like classic nobility to it yeah because i mean seven samurai they did a lot of stuff that was specific like every single character in that was based on a uh old an old samurai legend or mm-hmm. old samurai like myth that or myth or or someone that legend that everyone knew and it's like oh that so they can relate the uh 
original Magnificent Seven. I mean, it had a lot of a lot of big actors at the time. You know, it had Yul Brenner, it had uh, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, uh, Charlie Bronson, James Coburn, uh, a lot of these different guys. Uh, who's the guy that played Lee? Robert Robert Vaughn. Mm-hmm. All these different big big actors, and I don't know. Like, I didn't think that the character like they they developed Chico a lot. But like even Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen, like they just kind of threw it in there. Do you know there was um, there was like behind the scene tensions in that movie? Yeah, I was reading. There's that's like all the trivia was about them too. Like because Steve McQueen kept on trying to steal, uh, not even he wasn't even trying to steal screen time from Yul Brenner, but would every time he they were in the same shot, Steve McQueen would do something. No, no, Steve oh. McQueen would like if you notice, like he'll like touch his hat or something, or like <clears throat> cough or something, so that attention goes to him away from Steve McQueen, <laughs> or I mean away from Yul Brenner. And yeah, like what you were saying, so Yul Brenner is shorter than Steve McQueen, and so he would stand on a little dirt mound, like they would make a little dirt mound for a scene, so that he could be a little bit taller. And whenever Steve McQueen would walk by, he'd kick the dirt mound. <laughs> and yeah, it was weird. And I guess like on his deathbed. On either, I think I was on Yul Brenner's deathbed. Steve McQueen called him, and they like they made made up. I'm sorry, I kicked your dirt mound. No, like because just because I mean it was like a big deal, like that they were just at each other's throats the whole time, and I, they never got over it. I love I love stories like that where you see like people's just like creative ridiculous egos, mm-hmm. like what they'll do and how childish they'll become. Yeah, I, it's it it. I don't know if it says a lot about the time, but it was just—it's just funny because yeah, Yul Brenner was such a big, big name back then. And mm-hmm. Same, same thing with Steve McQueen. Like, so to see them, to see them be so worried about each other's screen time, it's—it's—it's it's, it's funny to think about how petty it got. <laughs> yeah, how, how ridiculous. Um, all right. So, was there anything else that you didn't like? Um, no, I think everything else. Like I said, like I mentioned, the CG. You know, we already talked about. Um, I mean, I I thought it was a good movie. That I mean, it's mm-hmm. worth. I think it's worth seeing in the theaters. Oh, definitely. I, I totally um, agree. I did. I did kind of feel like the beginning was a little. The first couple shots I thought could have been f- framed a little bit better. Because mm-hmm. for a second I was like, it kind of was losing me there in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. But then it, it picked up and and I and I enjoyed the rest. So. Um, I had I had a few that takes this from like being just a, like a great movie to just a very good movie. Um, I didn't like, okay, so, you know, when you're making a Western, you're going to get a lot of the tropes. Like when he walks into the bar, they stop playing the piano. Right. And you got the, like the call girls walking up the stairs and like, they look at the the, slow entrance into town, you know, exactly. So you get a lot of tropes like that, that you've seen. Oh, pardon. I'm still trying to get over this bug. Uh, you see a lot of the, the tropes because they they exist because Mm -hmm. they're tropes. So a lot of them work. But there's times when they don't. Uh, the big one for me, though, just because I felt that it was kind of a waste of time, and even though it is in the original, it's when uh, Ethan Hawke's character, before the big battle, is kind of suffering some PTSD. And um, he's like, oh, I got to leave. And then it's like, okay, you know you're coming back. You're not going to miss the big battle. So you know that's coming. And, and it feels like it takes about 10 minutes of screen time mm-hmm. that I would have liked to seen allocated to something else and then maybe drop it or don't have him come back at all and then the girl takes his place in the you know magnificent mm-hmm. sevens roster the only thing that bugged me about that like i think it would have worked a little bit better um because he, he like you said he ends up coming back 
like just in the nick of time, be like they're coming, you know. And you've seen it done like a hundred times. Yeah, the only thing that I think would have been, I think that if they'd have done that part a little bit better, because he just kind of sh- he shows up to tell them that there's a Gatling gun, mm-hmm. and you know the the big like big honking gun that just shoots shreds well, yeah. everyone. Um, and it would have been because they don't really follow him at all when he leaves. I think if had they followed him. Like I mean, I know that would have been more time to like kind of just seeing him contemplating, like yeah, sitting on his horse, yeah, or and then and then you know, kind of like kind of like uh, I don't know, it just seemed like really convenient that then he popped up and was like, "I got a Gatling gun." It's like yeah. show that he saw them like wheeling it there, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Don't just like have him pop back up and say, "Oh, they got this," you know. But other than that, I mean, I still thought it was it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Yeah, <laughs> like no, that. That, but that that was just a case a case of where. You've seen something so many times that right. it's just it's right, stale. and they still use that in movies. I mean, that's not even a that's not even a Western trope, in my opinion. I think that happens in uh, movies all the time now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, what else did I have? I didn't really. the The girl wasn't terrible, but I just didn't feel that there was much to her. Like mm-hmm. I would have liked kind of seen more of her personality because, like you said, she came off real sour faced. Like pretty much, Chris Pratt would make a joke, and then she'd be like, meow, meow, right. make that face. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of over this. Um, the f- the final scene though. So this is the you know spoiler, um, like a major spoiler. When you find out that uh, the, uh, Peter Sargar's character uh, Bogue, mm-hmm. he ended up kind of having connections with Denzel Washington. He ended up uh, killing his mom and sister, mm-hmm. sisters, sisters, yeah. And um, so he, they're in that scene in the church where he's you know getting real physical and he's you know telling him to pray for god and forgiveness and he's you know about to kill him he's choking him and he's he's reaching for the thing to take him out i i kind of felt like that moment was cheated by giving the kill to the girl right even though i know she killed her husband and she had her course for revenge too right it just it kind of was like eh. i kind of felt like flat-footed on that moment yeah i was expecting denzel washington to get shot yeah like or something along those lines i would have been which i actually i think it would have been i think that would have been a little bit better had it been uh reversed Mm -hmm. like had bogue gotten the the um the drop on chisholm chisholm Mm -hmm. and Uh, then he was the one who did that no i still think that it would have been better if i I like i didn't mind that she killed him because i guess like you said like she had just as much you know Feeling for revenge as, as Denzel Washington. But it's, it's one of those moments where they don't want the hero to go too far. Right. And I mean, I'll go. He'd already just killed like 200 people. I know, like this <laughs> huge, battle, massive battle. And uh, but we didn't get to touch on this either, too. Real side note this movie for a PG 13 was pretty violent. Yeah. Like, probably since Taken, I haven't seen a PG 13 movie with like this level of violence now they do clever things of cutting away like when they show someone to like go for a stab or like Mm -hmm. a hit they have the horse blocking it so you don't see it or you know they cover it up in clever ways right um but i I was real surprised that when i was watching this i was like i think they want to get a uh you know because like you said there's so many actors in it Mm -hmm. and i think uh, i i kind of wonder if i think hollywood knows that this has been a bad summer Mm -hmm. and so they i mean they might have even set it up so that because that's the thing if you rate something r less people are going to go see it because mm-hmm. which is that's a fact because not as many people are going to go they're not going to take their kids whereas the and, and with this with all the different star power they want to make as much money as they can on it mm-hmm. so they'll rate you know they'll cut like you said they'll do those cuts and 
and do as much as they can to make it PG thirteen. Yeah, I mean the, the the suggestion's still there. You know what's happening. Right. You just don't see it. Right. I mean, outside of there, there was a few where like um, D'Onofrio's characters get hits with the like an arrow from the Indian right. through his hand, the bad Indian. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's there's a few things like that that you do see, but yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised with that. Um. But we were talking about the final scene. Yeah. So I mean, I think like I said, I think had had. Bogue had the drop on him and had the upper hand. Mm-hmm. I think that death would have been a little bit better being shot from her kind of thing. Like think of that, you know, he, yeah, I think that would have been a little bit better. I don't, I, you know, I mean, it's, it wasn't really much different. I, I, I haven't, I don't remember the end of seven samurai. So maybe they pulled it kind of from that. But anyway, um, I just, I mean, I just don't even think that even her, she would have had a good shot from the angle. Yeah. I thought it, it was kind of a weird, it just kind of felt very Hollywood and yeah. fell flat for me. Yeah. It, uh, I almost wonder if they shot it like three different ways, and that's just the one they went with. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, like even the the angle that they were standing or laying, she went. It's it was just it felt weird. You're right. Um, I mean, it still worked okay, but it was it was like ah eh, okay yeah. Like, and then I think that goes goes along with my my feeling of I wanted the bad guy to do more. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish they would have had a fight instead of it was just like bang and like they're kind of just he he was basically dead after the first shot. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not dead, but like he's lost after that first shot. So, but other than that, I thought it was yeah. Those were and those were my gripes. That takes it. You know, we don't really have like an official score, but you know, like I give my amazing movies a five and stuff that maybe is amazing, but like a few little nits. Mm. You know, five. This would definitely be along the lines of a three point five. Like I really enjoyed this, and there was a lot of great and fun stuff in this movie, but just enough that kind of was like. You know, it holds it back from being like truly, truly great. Yeah. No, I, I if you're going on a one to five system, I yeah, I'd give it like a, a high, a high three, almost a four, if not four. Like, yeah. I it's, just... it's like a three point five, three point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. And the judges say. <laughs> um, so that is our discussion on what we thought of the Magnificent Seven, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite westerns. So, come back. You don't have a choice. Welcome back to episode number 26 of Cinema Block. Uh, we are talking uh, westerns now. Um, so we just saw Magnificent Seven, and it made us think, you know, westerns are kind of a weird, it's a weird genre that 
I, you know, preparing for the show, I was thinking like, oh man, they just don't make a lot of westerns anymore. But doing the research for it, they've actually made quite a few westerns. I guess maybe they're just sprinkled in now. Um, but you know, there's it's you know, it started off from like movies like Magnificent Seven and all the John Wayne stuff, and then there's the uh, well, dollars. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorites is the uh, ones uh, there. It's actually the start of the spaghetti western. That term. Um, they're from Sergio Leone. The Dollars Trilogy, or The Man With No Name. Clint Eastwood, and it's a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Yeah, the which, classic ones that like almost everybody knows. Yeah, like, if you're gonna say, what, like, what's your favorite Western, and someone's like, names any one of those, you're like, well, yeah, that makes sense, because those are so fantastic and fun, and they're, they're playful, and I mean, and they're like, they were probably violent for their era, mm-hmm. but, you know, now it's just a bunch of guys like, fall down yeah and i think what was good about those is you know re-watching the old magnificent seven like there's a lot of bonanza-ish kind mm-hmm. of way like there's a lot of bonanza style western you know all the john wayne ones like a lot of them it was like you know they had that high you know that kind of like the music that we listen to in the in the break where it's the high like you know like it's more of yeah an idealized west as opposed to like the gritty one, which is what the dollars trilogy kind right. of kept, but there's still a playfulness to it, even though it's got that grit. Right, and so I figured we talk a little bit about some of the the newer westerns, like you know, from like the '90s and and now now between the '90s and now, and maybe even a little into the '80s, depending, you know, like on the movie, uh, but just ones that kind of capture that spirit, ones that totally missed the mark, and then ones that were like way out there. Um, some of the good ones that I think were from more recent times, uh, one of the one of the ones that comes to mind real quick, which was another remake, was True Grit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon. I just thought that like I that movie. I prefer that version too myself. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, the way that it was done, like like you said, it kind of captured that like the dark grittiness of it, but kind of kept true to the source material and like, you know, kind of it reminded me a lot of this Magnificent Seven remake where it just it, it you could like it was western. You know, mm-hmm. like this is a western movie. You know, and it felt dirty and it felt, you know, there, you know, it's, sometimes I think like the, you know, like, like you said, some of those other Westerns, like everything was too clean. Mm-hmm. And this one I thought felt really captured that dirtiness. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the Coen brothers did a fantastic job on that. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, I think, their highest grossing movie, which, you know, says a lot. But yeah, the... My my favorite my favorite part of that scene is in the very beginning, and it's just so terrible. But they're giving all these people their last rites before they get hung, and they're you know like well I just want to say goodbye to my family, and then they get to the Native American and he's about to say something and they just kick the block from <laughs> underneath them. Yeah, I mean it it cap I like you said like you know the West was a dark mm-hmm. a dark well yeah it was it was untamed land you have. Yeah. Uh, competing you, you know you have the natives versus the um settlers who are coming in mm-hmm. and obviously their viewpoints on everything was different so yeah and and you know we're we're kind of talking and you know like the other one that recent like really recently come to comes to mind which i didn't necessarily think it was think western immediately was like something like the revenant which just mm-hmm. won oscar last year yeah um you know so it, you know there's a lot of ideas like what makes a western and you know, like and yeah, some people say that's not, but I, I was gonna say I'm, I'm in the league that it is, just because you know you're out west, you have tales of like revenge, which is very common thing amongst Westerns. Mm. Um, you have the like 
the native element. You have the unsettled land. Mm-hmm. So the, a lot of the stuff that goes into it is still there. Yeah, and you know, I, I think a lot of people nowadays too, like they, you know, they want to see like something big. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's Fast and Furious, where there's got to be explosions. It's got to be bigger than next time. Dude, that bear scene from that movie alone mm-hmm. was the most like intense and captivating. Like, it's almost me like, listen, if you're gonna watch this movie, you just you, it's worth watching it because. Like, I know a lot about movies and how they get made and stuff. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, I know this isn't real, but how did they film this? It's right. insane. And I think that, uh, you know, that's that was kind of why I wanted to talk about Westerns. Because, you know, it is, it is you know, comparatively small. You know, kind of like what we talked about, how, like, there's a lot of practical effects in Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's not you know, you're not making yeah, a, a spaceship or something like that. Because it's going to be there's no need for it, right? And but yet, you know, the audience today, like we talked about before, like the studios want to make money. They you know they want to draw people in, mm-hmm. so they have to do something. And and I think movies like like uh, True Grit, even though there wasn't much of that to it, like it like the way it was written and the way it was directed, it really added to it. Um, what's another really good good modern um, western from the nineties? And this one, best picture, I think it was ninety two. It's Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Hmm. Um, this movie is amazing, and uh, he actually bought the rights for the script uh, about ten or twelve years prior. But he waited and he sat on this to kind of age into the role. And it's you know about kind of like a former um, like outlaw who's trying to like civilize and. T- farm and take care of his family but you know he's just not cutting it so he's got to find some uh, way and this opportunity to um take a hit out on some guys who roughed up a prostitute and uh so they go take this mission but gene hackman is like the controller of the town um magnificent turn he is so villainous and um morgan freeman's his friend and you have richard harris has a role in it it is just amazing it's it's very much a deconstruction kind of of the western genre in itself, but I absolutely adore this movie. And you said that was in the, in 92? 92, I believe. It's on it's like number 1 in the one of the IMDb's list of like modern like greatest movies ever made. Westerns, which is, I think it's funny that Gene Hackman's in that and then let's see, it said that was 90 92 that was in uh, cuz then he was also in another movie uh, he was in uh, Quick and the Dead, mm-hmm. which is also Western, which was... Well, that was the mid-90s. I think it was 95. It was 95, yep, exactly. And you got... And well, it's funny, because that one, it was like, that's kind of what, you know, what I was talking about, how, you know, Westerns kind of covers a lot of different areas now, mm-hmm. because even in, like, that movie, it was very, like, Bad Boys too, because they have, well, like, yeah, all that the was sleeping like shots and... The MTV version of it, mm-hmm. you know, it was very, you know, you had Russell Crowe, and it was kind of like, uh, I think, Sharon Stone and... Yep. Leo, Leonardo right? Carp- Leo, yep, Leo Leonardo was in Caprio. it. And uh, it was just kind of like a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they have like a gun tournament? Yeah, it's essentially, what it, it's, a, it's a quick draw tournament essentially is what it's all uh-huh. about. But I thought that, like, I thought that was funny because it's not that it's bad, but it just, it put a different spin on it. I would say it's in the same line of being like, like where True Grit and Unforgiven are kind of like these real cinematic mm-hmm. um, uh, adventures. Where these are kind of much more fun and leisurely. Yeah, like because that one, leisurely. I mean, like I said, they do a lot of like these these quick panning shots and close ups and like fish eyed lens kind of things, and it was like I said, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it was it captured it was fun, you know. And I wouldn't call it a good movie necessarily, but yeah. 
but it had something to it. it like it, when it's on TV, it, I it's, like yeah, watching it. Yeah, it's one of those things you catch when you're like, oh, it's one o'clock and it's Saturday and you're, mm-hmm. you know, trying to decide on AM what. or PM. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Normal people Could time. Be yeah. <laughs> I blend between both worlds, so it all comes together. I'm like, I don't, I don't even mm. know anymore. But let's say Saturday afternoon, and it's like, oh, what, let's watch something for 30 minutes before uh, kickoff starts. That's funny. The restaurant, man. Like, and I guess they're the the actors like that do westerns like westerns because Russell Crowe, being in that, also did Three Ten to Yuma, which was another one that. I think was really underrated. That is no, that movie is terribly underappreciated. It is mm. solid. But yeah, like I said, it all, it, that one really captures that feeling of being in the dirt, dirty, gritty West. Mm-hmm. And it's I, it, and I think sometimes in in some of these westerns, you have to have kind of a feeling of despair. It's like things ain't going to turn out right. Mm-mm. Like they rarely do. You know, kind of like how in Magnificent Seven, how some of the guys die, people die in that like. There's a, a lot of westerns where the main character or the the main well not maybe not you one you consider the main character but like the main antagonist or mm-hmm. protagonist dies and that's like well he was a good man and I appreciate <laughs> even like True Grit like yeah yeah you know, the main the main yeah. he, he didn't die like at the time but he died <laughs> yeah well <laughs> all men um but no Three Ten to Yuma was just one of those movies that nobody saw mm-hmm. and like when I saw him I was like this is like Russell Crowe gives a great performance. Christian Bale does. Ben um, Foster. Uh, you have yeah. Um, who's another one of those guys? He's like a bloody chameleon, man. Yeah, like yeah. When he he's kind of like Vincent D'Onofrio. When when he picks a role, he he embodies it. Yeah, he does. And uh, there was a young, uh, I believe Logan Lerman. He was in it, and he's a he's a quality performer too. I'm waiting for him to kind of get his thing that he breaks out on. Um, but yeah, no, three ten to Yuma. That was um, James Mangold. He ended up doing Walk the Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that is a that is a great movie. You should check it out. That Peter was, Fonda was in that too. That's right. That's yeah. right. He was. Yeah, and like you said, like not. It's funny. It's one of those movies that I think after the fact, it's getting a lot more praise because I always see like when people talk about westerns, like three ten to Yuma comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, let's talk about some bad, <laughs> some, <laughs> some ba- bad ones. Uh, some of the more recent ones that I, I've seen, which I know people that like some of these movies, and I don't know why. Uh, like, there's Cowboys to a- Cowboys and Aliens, yeah, uh, which had um, Scott Harrison, it's got Daniel Craig, Olivia Wilde, uh, which is never Harrison a bad Ford thing. was in that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Your boy Sam Rockwell. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it was based on a comic book, which is fine, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just the way that John Favreau, I think, directed that one. Yeah, and. Usually I, I like John Favreau's direction, but something about that one again it, like, was it felt too clean. Yeah, like there's something about like a a clean West. You know, like kind of like think about think about uh, uh, Back to the Future two. You Are know, you, well three three is the West. Three. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Back to the Future three. It's like that West. That like that West. It's like too bright. Almost like they need Mad to pick, dog a, pick a different fan of uh, different filter for it. You know, and that's the kind of feeling I got from from cowboys and aliens like everything was too clean too crisp and i just didn't i don't know like i couldn't i couldn't we, we, we got to talk about the, the back to futures one day but um yeah the next third, time we watch a trilogy maybe we'll have to do fav- best trilogies something something along those lines but yeah um because i was always like i enjoy back to the future three but it's always the one where i kind of feels like it kind of goes out on a faint mm-hmm. um but it has a <laughs> It has ZZ Top in it, though. That's true. How can it be bad? Okay, and you want to know, this is one of the greatest things I ever learned about ZZ Top. So you know that the two main guys mm-hmm. are, like, totally 
these bearded types dude. Mm-hmm. The guy who's the drummer doesn't have one, right? And his name is Frank Beard. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, what Irony. We, uh, what was the movie we were talking about? It was three ten, but we we're talking. Oh, bad ones. John yeah, okay. Favreau. This is the point I wanted to make out that like nobody ever mentions that. Like you think somebody in the cast would be like, hey, you know what's kind of ironic? These aliens invading our territory. And with our puny primitive weapons are not able to match their firepower and they're taking control of our land. Uh, What does that sound like to you, Josh? (laughs) I can neither confirm nor deny that as the white people. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's. I just want somebody to be like, you know, this is kind of funny and similar. And uh, yeah. How do you like it, whiteies? Yeah. Like you feel like there should have been like. Like a chorus of Native Americans be like, I told you they were coming back, you jerks. <laughs> um, another, another recent one that was just really bad, which, again, people liked this movie. It didn't make a lot, was a Lone, Ran- Lone Ranger. Dude. I tried watching it again on TV the other day. That movie was so bad. that it, No, it, it really is. And, again, it comes back to our, our discussion of what happened to Johnny Depp in, like, the late 2000s and early you know now um just weird performance with a stupid hat like you know he okay that design Uh of him wearing that bird hat is not based on anything that's native american really it's based on a painting he likes and the painting oh he got to design the hat yeah like he was like i'm pretty sure he was like i'll do this movie as long as i can wear my stupid bird hat throughout the entire thing well Between that and his brown face, and aren't like an army hammer, like army hammer. I don't know what I don't he's know good about when him. he's supporting. Yeah, but when you give him a lot of screen time, like he was fantastic in Social Network. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think what else he did. He was okay be- in that in the the remake of the 1960s show that they just made into a movie. Oh, the uh, Man from Uncle. Yeah, Man from yeah, Uncle. He, he, he did, was good in that. Yeah, as the Russian guy, he did fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but something something about his face, just like. <sighs> I don't know. You just can't. Yeah, you just. Don't I just can't look at it that long. Click with. Now I will say this though, because yeah, I know you reverted it to bad, but one of my favorite good westerns with Johnny Depp mm-hmm. is another movie that nobody's even ever heard of called Dead Man. I've heard of it, Kyle. You've heard of it, but thank you. Yeah, uh, well, because we used to watch these these like when we, I'd come over and crash at your house with Brian, and we'd stay up, you know, drinking and watching movies. Mm-hmm. And um, dude, this movie is totally awesome yeah it's uh by it was directed by jim jarmusch which is not again not a western director mm-hmm. by any stretch but he made um uh, st- uh what was it he made a, he's made a bunch of like off broken movies. flowers was i think his most popular uh i don't know if it's the most popular that's one of the more recent ones he's yeah. done um but he did uh not stranger than fiction it was um stranger uh give me one second he did Ghost Dog the way the Samurai. Oh, he did Ghost Dog. <laughs> it's, man, that's surprising. Um, uh, let's see. Director. He did Permanent Vacation, Stranger Than Paradise, uh, Coffee and Cigarettes. He directed a Talking Heads um, Videos. Do- documentary. Um, yeah, he's he's done a lot of weird movies. I guess yeah. Yeah, maybe or kind of just off the. Yeah, he's kind of in that that realm of of like not as weird as David Lynch, but just kind, make kind, kind of, of like the high guard indie. Yeah, exactly. Like he 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 likes to put his characters in awkward social mm-hmm. situations and just kind of let it go. Um, 
and yeah, so and Dead Man like is definitely like that. It's 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 got a lot of weird. It's it's it, it's, it's kind, definitely Western, but you it, could have set that in almost any time. And it's it very worked. um, it's very like lyrical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like echoes um William Blake because that's the character's name, and he you know likes his work, and uh, he's kind of going on a path to death, mm-hmm. and um, because he gets he gets injured from a gunshot and so he's like traveling through the rest uh through the west with this uh native american who's trying to like save him or save his soul and it's just such a strange bizarre movie Mm -hmm. but i found it uh just completely captivating yeah like that's and i think that's kind of you know there's a lot of different ways you can go with westerns i mean even there's a chinese movie called i think it's chinese either chinese uh, they're racist right now chinese or korean because it has chinese and korean actors in it Called the good, the bad, and the weird, mm-hmm. which is a play off the good, yeah, you know, good, the bad, the ugly. yeah. Um, but same kind of thing. Like it was, it's, it's an, a Chinese western. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need to check that out though. I just saw you yeah, it was really the interesting. And, and like, you know, and it had like that one had, I don't know, it's something. It's weird because that one is clean, kind of like it has a clean look and feel, like the Cowboys and Indians or Wild Wild West or something like that, but it. But it worked when I from when I remember seeing it, which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's what I was gonna say. Like it's weird. Like there's a lot of different things you can do with westerns and what's considered western. Um, and it just yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a weird genre that I think a lot of people blow off. You know, because there's been a lot of recent ones. There was you know Meek, uh, Jane got a gun came out the, the other this year uh, with this, Nelly Portman, yeah, which I didn't see. Um, and but that one got mixed. That's mixed. Yeah, reviews. but the, I mean, and, and then I think none of them like do really well. Mm-hmm. But like, it's 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 when you watch those, it's like I said, it, maybe it's part of our 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 society I'll that say, they don't want to see. Like like they find those movies boring. I yeah, guess. I'll say this though. Um, before you know, we started doing, like doing the show. Uh, I was I was uh, uh, taking care of one of my friend's dogs, and um, I felt bad because it would be in the house all day by itself. So I'd. I'd come over and hang out and, you know, just kind of keep a company for a bit. And um, my PS3 broke, right? So I think it was one of my nephews, but I haven't found out which one yet. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, well, I'm not going to buy a new one. The, the PS4 comes out. So I bought the PS4. But So I was over there and I was like, oh, there's a PS3. Maybe I'll dust off some of my old games. And then I was looking I was like, Red Dead Redemption. That's that's going in. Yeah, you don't see a lot of Western video games. Mm-mm. And that one, that one I thought captured the grit too, like, because mm-hmm. you had to hunt – you had to trade pelts, uh, things like that. Like that one, it and had a compelling story behind it, and a, just a complete Western story. So, like after playing that, I was like, I forgot how much I like thought this game was amazing. This is one of those video games that should definitely be turned into a movie, mm-hmm. and, and it would work. Yeah, yeah, and it would totally work because the Western genre is a, a proven thing that does work um, in cinema, or you know, especially in the past. But yeah, so I was I was playing that, and then I was like. I was in Jonesing, so I was really looking forward to see um, the Magnificent Seven, and um, but yeah, so that, that no, like I was I was feeling it, so I'm like excited to like, kind of go back and yeah, dust a lot of these off. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to go back and watch like the the the, the like Quigley movies with mm-hmm. uh, 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 Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah, like because he made he made a lot of westerns in the mm-hmm. in the late early nineties, not in, Indiana Jones, right. <laughs> Um, you know, and three ten to human, like some of those other ones. Like, I, I would like to go revisit that, Be, you know, because like, it, like we said, like when it's done right, it's done really well, and it's something you don't, you know, and it, it, and I think that was another part that was really nice about Magnificent Seven that I forgot to mention earlier, is that 
some of those opening shots or like some of the shots that they did where they show like the expanse of mm-hmm. of the west was so it was pretty. really cool yeah like i remember a couple years ago i, I rode motor, a motorcycle through death valley oh yeah and oh yeah i remember that yeah and and with my with my brother and my dad and yeah it's truly beautiful and like you forget about that sometimes when you go to the movies because you're expect you know like i said you know a lot of the times now it's um, you know comic book movie or something you know with action or or drama that's you know but like with something you know that's it really captured the beauty of of that same kind of thing to do with like revenant like it, the beauty of the west yeah. and like you know instead of looking at there's a walmart on every corner so it's really neat it's to just see. a totally uh different visual experience yeah so that's our discussion on on westerns you know, there's a lot that we didn't mention new ones and old ones like that, a comedy like blazing saddles right or uh a biopic about you know um jesse james mm-hmm. which if you're into like a more like slow just character driven that movie is fantastic but from what's the movie the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford there you go <laughs> it's the, probably the longest title in movie history possibly um I enjoyed it, but that's one of those movies when I'm like, hey, you should check it out if you want to see a good Western. People are like, that movie's so long and boring. I'm like, it is such a fascinating character study. Mm. I, and you know what I think? that like It's funny, like, like we've talked about. I think that's one of the things you can do with a Western. Like, I think a lot of a lot of moviegoers nowadays won't go because yeah, they're, they're looking the for patience. the... They're, yeah, they're looking for the wham-bam. But yeah, it takes patience to watch a good a good western. Mm-hmm. So, but that's all we've got uh, for as far as westerns. If you had a, a particular western that you really liked, comment on on, on the uh, the episode on Facebook or give us a direct message. Uh, we have we've seen a lot of them. I can't say we've seen all of them. Right. Uh, if there's ones that you think we missed or how you felt about Magn- Magnificent Seven, if you've seen it, please let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. To me, it was the closest in the vein of uh, Tombstone. Yeah, which. It was just a fun, mm-hmm. fun, playful, good western. <laughs> Didn't Tombstone and Wyatt Earp come around the same time? Yep, too? that's another one of those uh, symmetry. Yeah, yep. at the same time. Um, don't forget to go visit us at our Facebook page, which you can just type in Cinema Block. If you're listening to this, no doubt you you're know probably where there. we are. Uh, we also have a website at www.cinemablockpodcast.com, uh, and please private message us uh, or send us a message or comment, and we love to hear it. Like it, on, like us on whatever you want like um just like us in period yeah yeah, please personally like i I need more friends so (laughs) anyway again this was episode 26 of cinema block and we will see you next time i'm josh and i'm here with kyle till then see you then we'll see you out